Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osherbush and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Big third down right here. You know, and Josh Dobbs, as much as we wanted to talk about how inexperienced he was, he was only with the team for 17 days. He's done a manageable job for this Tennessee Titans team. 17 of 26 for 161 yards. And I think right now you've got to make sure you cover the Titans tight ends. Third down and five and chain. We're nearing the three-minute mark. Haskins the running back. Two left, two right. Shotgun, biggest play of the game right here. Shotgun for Dobbs, he drops, it's a blitz, an all-out blitz. They hit him as he lets it go, the ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. How about that? Josh Allen ran it back. And the Jags have taken the lead with 2.51 to play. Just a taste of sounds of the game from last Saturday night. Um, incredible. I, 19 minutes long and worth every second of your time. So says John Osher, who joins me here this morning on Jags Drive Time. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's outstanding. Uh, they've done great work, the sounds of the game team all year. And, uh, you know, peaking going into the playoffs. They're playing yeah. the best football. Well, I mean, hopefully we see something right. similar this coming Saturday night. I, I know one thing's for sure, John, in just getting around the city this week and talking to various people, they're bringing it to the stadium. The, the fans enjoyed the moment and, and the, the, the theater that was TIAA Bank Field as much as the players and coaches did, and they're trying to recapture it on Saturday night. Well, look, it's, it's uh, you know... It, as you know, Brian, there's been this myth nationally, the whole thing. We've talked about it ad nauseum, about how Jaguars fans don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. This team's been horrible for a decade except for 2017. Let's say what it is. So I had Rayshon Jenkins on, on, on the Ozone podcast, and he said it best. You know, He felt like the crowd the other night. He said it felt like a winning organization. Yeah. And uh, a winning organization, they'll go out and support. And you have the the added of the newness, of the um, of of the pressure of losing for ten years, and all of a sudden that pressure turn the valve, the pressure releases, and you had an unbelievable night. So you've got if if they had won three years in a row, and now we're coming back to make the playoffs right now, I don't think you have quite the energy. But I think you're going to have energy as long as this team's good. This fan base is going to turn out. It it is a passionate, lunatic, nuts, off the charts, savage fan base, and they're going to show up like that. And on Saturday night, you bring in a Chargers team that is so similar to this one with a young quarterback. That's why it's in prime time. This is probably the sexiest game of the weekend. So let's get right to it with big things here on a Thursday morning. The big thing one is got one. We're talking about. The lack of playoff experience. If you look at the Jaguars, they have the fewest number of starters with playoff experience of all the teams that are engaged in this year's playoff tournament. But Trevor Lawrence pointed out something very important when he met with the media earlier this week. 
I hope it's it's like that this weekend, and that's kind of you know what we expect. Our fans did a great job last weekend, but for us, I mean that was that was a playoff game last week. I mean, you look at how everything ended up playing out. If we don't win, if we didn't win that game, we're not sitting here today. You know, everybody's packing up, going home. So, I mean, that was a playoff game for us. So it's the same mindset this week. It's just official now. It's the first round of the playoffs. But I mean, for us, that was kind of like the first round of the playoffs because we knew we had to win to get in. So. Um, I mean, I think that helps us kind of prepare for this week and the sense of urgency and, you know, the whatever you want to call it, the hype around the game, all that, especially now that there's only, there's less than half the teams playing this weekend because the, the field just got whittled down. Big thing, too, whatever it takes. You could also call this your best defense may be your offense on Saturday night. In other words, you know that you've got to score points because the Chargers can put up some points. So get it done. Offensive coordinator Press Taylor said they take a holistic approach. They look at the entirety of what has to happen for the team to win as they put their offensive game plan together. I think you go into every game kind of with a general plan of what we think it takes to win, whether that's across the board, offense, defense, special teams. You know, maybe we need to be more aggressive in these situations because they average X amount of points. And, you know, ideally it's a shutout and we kick a field goal and win the game. We're great with that. Whatever it takes for us to play next week, we're happy with at the end of the day. Um, but there's certainly times where it, it kind of sets your strategy, your game plan strategy going through the week. And we have those conversations Monday, Tuesday, and then they're ongoing through the week of what we think it's going to take to win and how we need to play the game, whether that's decision-making within it. But at the same time, we're ready to adjust at any moment in the game depending on how it's going. And we wrap up big things for this week and this show with crazy. It's crazy when you think about the Chargers offense. They've got big play receivers in Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is as tough a guy to cover because his routes are so precise as there is in football. And with Justin Herbert pushing the ball down the field, you'd expect those two guys to be at the top of the charts. But they're not. It's the running back, Austin Eckler, with more than 100 receptions. And he's a guy that makes it very interesting for defensive coordinators to get their game plan put together. When you have a running back that uh, has over 100 catches, that, that says something about him. And he's a guy that they trust and they get the ball to a bunch. But I think it works well with them because outside you have to pay so much attention and then that opens up for him and the tight ends uh, underneath. But as a coordinator, you just go out there and you just try to understand where the matchups are and how they try to attack you and try to you know hone in on that and give a guy a good plan. So you want to talk about matchups, John. How the Jaguars cover Austin Eckler is one of the big stories of this game and how the Chargers try to get mismatches on linebackers as opposed to safeties. Yeah, and I don't know that there's a great answer for the Jaguars there. I would think that uh, Devin Lloyd becomes involved a little bit because of athleticism. Uh, I think I think, I think it was Bucky Brooks who said this on a show this week. Makes some sense. Um, haven't been a great screen pass covering team, the Jaguars. No. But, struggled with it last week. But in the past, when you've played teams that hit you with a screen, it's been more of a sneak attack type thing. Uh, this team, you know going in that Eck was a primary target. So you're paying more attention to it. You almost, like you said, you almost concede screens when you're playing teams that don't do them that often. Because you've got to focus on something, you're got to focus on the screen. Against the Chargers, you're going to focus on the screen. So I think they'll do a better job with it. I, uh, you know, I'm not saying this to be a defeatist, but I think the reality is 
you're not going to have every answer for this Chargers offense. Yeah. You're going to hope to get to play to the strength of this defense. If you get a turnover a half, and you allow if you allow the Chargers 28, but you get a turnover a half, the offense needs to win that game. You follow me? Yeah, I totally if, do. If you can't get any turnovers with 28, then I think it's tough. If the defense creates takeaways, I'm not talking into half takeaway, but a, a, a game momentum takeaway in each half, then I think the Jaguars' offense will come off that. No matter what the defense gives up, I think the Jaguars' offense come out of that game saying, uh, then we lose, we should have gotten that one. That's enough to win. The Jaguars' defense, for all the numbers, they're ranked 24th statistically, but they're only giving up 20.6 points per game, which is not so bad for a defense that's given up big chunks of yardage and, and struggled to get teams off the field on third down at various times this season. But when you really evaluate the Jaguars' defense, right? We talked bend but don't break. 27 takeaways. That's the number. And, and we mentioned that that's a 300% increase from a year ago. But 11 over this five-game winning streak. Yeah. And three defensive touchdowns. They really have lifted their game. Again, you, they're going to give up chunks of yardage because that's what these good offenses in pro football do. But if they can just get that ball away. Yeah, I, and I wrote the number, and I hope I get it right. I think in their eight losses, they have eight takeaways. In their nine wins, they have 19. Yeah. And every everything with the season, when you break it down, success for this team is a huge turnover number. Lack of success is a low turnover number. Um, and I think when you're talking about this Jaguars defense – you know, you always want to talk in terms of yards, and that always hangs a negative thing on a team when they give up a lot of yards. But they're fourth in the NFL in takeaways. And in this day and age, I've, I've been preaching for a couple of years, in this day and age, it's not yards. It's it's points and takeaways. Well, and you heard Tony Dungy say that when he was on with us yesterday. Yeah. He said, hey, look, you're going to give up yards. That's the way that this league wants it to be. Right. The rules have been tilted steadily since 1978 in the form of offense, to the side of offense, I should say. Uh, it makes for great TV when you have a lot of points being put up. But if you can break, right, break, yep. serve, yep. put yourself in a good position, and you construct your defense now to be able to do that. All right, let's take a break. When we come back here on Jags Drive Time, we'll go around the locker room and give you more of a perspective from the players. By the way, this week's game, the wild card game against the Chargers, is presented by our friends at Dailies. Dailies, it's nicer here. And we'll be nice to you when we come back on Jags Drive Time. A Jags Drive Time on a Thursday morning presented by our friends at the Fields Auto Group. Fields, step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Brian and John back with you here on a Thursday morning a couple of days ahead of a massive wild card matchup here at TIAA Bank Field. Jaguars, Chargers. It's Come on! NBC. I was going to say ESPN. That was last week. Back-to-back primetime games. Big game. Back-to-back Saturday nights. I, it's it's, uh, it's epic for this franchise well, and, and this marketplace. The Saturday night games in the playoffs haven't been going on forever. And I think this is the first time since 2014. I'm trying to get the stat right. First time since 2014. That the AFC South game, if, if the AFC South plays on the first weekend of the postseason, they have been in the Saturday afternoon time slot right. every year since 2014. Smaller markets. Uh, not this year. Um, 
you, they've got the kid with the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line. No, no doubt. And he's going to put him on the map. And this is really the first moment like that where you can say it's the Trevor factor. Well, I was listening. If it wasn't to- Trevor versus Justin Herbert. You might see this game at uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And I was listening to a national show, uh, and Ed McCaffrey was on, and he was saying exactly that. Hey, look, you've got two of the best young quarterbacks in the game that happen to be these big, you know, long-haired quarterbacks that have a little sex appeal, uh, you know, in, from a football perspective. And so to put them on Saturday night with Al Michaels and Tony Dungy, you know, in the building yeah. uh, creates a sense that it's a must-watch must game. For football fans, well, you heard Tony I think it is anyway. yesterday. It was real. I mean, it, it. There's no reason that the Jaguars can't be a fun national team. Uh, it's just people have to get to know them. And, it, and when people were upset last week about them not being on Sunday night, you know, the nation doesn't know them yet. Got to know them a little bit last Saturday. We'll get to know them a little bit this Saturday. I, I don't think primetime games are going to be a problem for no, anybody except me moving forward because yeah. I don't like them. At one o'clock is a lot easier for everyone who's working the day, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun to have these primetime games, and hopefully this Saturday night is equal to last Saturday night. And we know this it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to be a close game. It's the way it is. You're not running away from these guys like you did in week three. Let's go around the locker room, and the Jaguars have fallen behind in games a lot. Even in this winning streak, they've fallen behind. But you've seen that their confidence has never fallen. And we caught up with one player in the locker room yesterday who knows why. I'm telling you, <laughs> let them get the lead. Let them get start to look at the scoreboard, look at the time, you know, start to think, oh, and we're just going to, you know, we're gambling now, you know. Lost a couple pots early, pick up a good hand, ship it, down 10-0, get paid off. Dewey. He has become a character. He's the best. Yeah. He's the best. He, a caricature. No, he's a he's, he's he, everything. He's, uh, you know, obviously the cool thing about runs like this is you start getting stories. Fans start embracing different players in the team. And, uh, you know, at probably second to Trevor, Dewey's the guy that fans embrace. They love him. And There was and a crowd around what? him in the locker room yesterday. He's a kid who loves playing. You see how much he loves it. You see how much he enjoys it. He's savoring every moment of his NFL career. Uh, that's a guy you're supposed to root for. It's fun. If you're going to win in the playoffs, you've got to be able to run the football. And the Jaguars have been pretty good against the run, against everyone except the Titans, that is. They face a Chargers defense that is not very good against the run. And Travis Etienne knows this is a good time to get it started again. I just call the plays, honestly, just calling the runs and uh, just executing uh just not giving up on a run and just uh, keep swinging and uh, just keep uh, calling my number. He wants the ball, and why not? I'd be surprised if he uh, – he's going to get opportunities. I would be surprised if he doesn't have a big game. Um, and I think that – I, th- I think he has to have a big game for them to be good offensively uh, because of the way the Chargers play. They are uh, willing to give yards in the running game so as not to give up huge plays in the passing game. Uh, so I, I think it lines up. Pre-game storylines don't always manifest themselves during the game. I'd be stunned if that one doesn't. 1,100 yards, five touchdowns, 500-yard games, over a five-yard per carry average. For all of the accolades that this team is getting about the things they've done well, he's kind of been off to the side. But- well, because in the last four or five games – 
he had a surge midseason. And I think teams kind of figured, okay, we're not going to let him beat us. Right. So that brings his numbers down. But I think Doug Peterson would tell you the fact that teams have to be concerned about right. him helps everything else. Mm-hmm. One week it's one thing with this offense. This is a lot like Philadelphia offense uh, when Doug was there. No real superstar, no guy that, that stands out among the rest. But it, it's an, for having just put this thing together in the offseason, it's an unbelievably balanced team. You can win low-scoring games, you win high-scoring games. Offensively, uh, if you're the Chargers defense coordinator, who are you walking to the head coach saying, we got to stop this guy? There's not one. Yeah. There's four or five you better stop. Right. Uh, and even Marvin Jones, who kind of gets forgotten about a little he bit. has made clutch catches in this run. How many big plays has he made this yeah. year? I mean, so it's an impressive balance, but that's the way Doug coaches. All right. One of the storylines has been the running game. And for the Chargers, that means Austin Eckler. And for the Jaguars, that means their leading tackler and the NFL's leading tackler, Foye Aluakon, knows what has to happen. Um, he runs with the ball well. Obviously, he's a strong runner. You know, he got you know moved out of the backfield and stuff. He's tough to um, get an angle on for real because he's also fast. So, you know, with somebody running the ball that hard, when he has the ball in his hands, he's always a danger. Uh, so you got to keep eyes on him, really. And we have talked at length about Eckler, so let's move on to our final thought, and that's from Josh Allen. This week's AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Testament of everybody doing the right thing, everybody being in the right spot, and uh, capitalizing on opportunities that we can really make. And, uh, you know, great honor, but, you know, great honor. You know, shout out to the team. You know, I think it was a team thing. I think, you know, multiple guys on this defense had a hell of a game to help me get to where I was the one spotlighted. Um, you know, we've got to do it again, though. And I think it's important to point out, Arden Key had nine. Yeah quarterback pressures nine and out of I think 18 or 19 pass rushes so about half the time which is if you if you don't follow the numbers of the NFL it's amazing it's unbelievable and Josh is exactly right that was a team award as much as anything and he benefited from scooping out the ball now he had a good game don't get me wrong but uh Arden Key's best play may have been when he was celebrating Rayshon Sack before it happened and he has nine pressures, and that'll be the play people remember. So <laughs> it, it. it was, uh, yeah, but uh, but uh, good for Josh Allen. And I made this point a couple of times. He had a sack taken away the other night. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the ball game, where he stripped the ball away. From, yeah, it should have been his sack, yep, and Dobbins. then Dobbs catches it, and somebody else gets the sack. And if you're Josh Allen after the year he's had, the frustrating year, he's probably like, all right, I'm not going to get any anymore. Just forget it. But uh, good for Josh to get that. Relax and go play. Jaguars and Chargers coming up on Saturday night. We'd like to now, at this point, include the entire audience in this, including our fans over in Great Britain. And so we've got a new segment for you this week called Ponder This from Across the Pond. Very cleverly named, Pond, don't you think? Oh, oh, I get it. See, the pond. The pond. Okay. The pond. Uh, so Ponder This begins with this question. Tony Baselli said previously the Jags would win a Super Bowl with Lawrence and Peterson. Is that this season from Ian Pointer? Ian, thanks for the question. John, your answer. No. I mean, I it it, it would defy logic. As much as I wanted it to happen, as much as it obviously could happen, because yeah, you're in the tournament, so anything can happen. Um, it would be a a a remarkable lift. To get past this game and then probably if seeds hold, have to go to Kansas City and then have to go to either Buffalo or Cincinnati. Um, 
I don't think it's this season. I, I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a long run of success, and they will get one maybe, you know, who knows how many. Uh, but I, if, if I'm being honest, I have to say no. And I would agree with that. I think it's when you look at Kansas City and Buffalo, two teams that have been pounding at each other at the top of the AFC, and Cincinnati last year, who took away the Chiefs bid for a third straight Super Bowl, and, and that quarterback, Joe Burrow, looks like he is as dangerous as any, maybe the most dangerous in the AFC right now. I, I, I would say no, that the Jaguars in the first year with Doug Peterson are still a ways away from being ready to compete for that. But, but playoffs you know happen, who you never say, know. When, I guarantee when my boy Jeff Hobson from Cincinnati, who does yeah. my job for Cincinnati, was asked last year that same question. Probably said the same thing. He probably said no. So it, it, it's not a stupid question. It's not like it can't happen. The odds would say no. Okay. So let's get to our next question, which comes to us from Joe Vincent. Rank the Josh Allen touchdown among the greatest ever moments at Everbank slash TIAA Bank Field. So if we're going to do that, we also have to include Altel Stadium and Jacksonville Municipal Stadium. Yeah. Um, well, it's on the Rushmore. I mean, it, it's it, – is it – I mean, I think the only one that compares is Morton, right? Well – I mean, I think you got to you got to have Moment. a blocked field goal. Uh, uh, Clyde Simmons blocking Norm Johnson's field goal attempt in the first ever Monday Night Football game here. This is bigger in, than that in 1997. Of the I, right. I would agree, but, but right, we're talking was, about great moments, sure. right? Um, I think you've got to put in uh, in 1999 the playoffs. Fred's 90-yard run was one of those great yep. moments yep. in Jaguars history. Um, this is top five. Yeah, uh, Fred's run. Uh, how long was that? Was that 90 yards? 90. Yeah, I forget, 90. Because your call didn't Yeah, 90 yards. And, and the um, reason I bring it up is because <laughs> that one really put the game away. Yeah. it's, it's You uh, can see the Dolphins just kind of give up at that moment. Um, Yeah, that – I guess I would put that there. Uh, Morton's miss and this one. But it, it's going to be replayed forever. I mean, it's – if somebody told me they thought that was the greatest, I wouldn't argue. Well, and you're putting two – into that Rushmore this year because the end of the Cowboys game. Yeah. Rayshon Jenkins with the walk-off interception yeah. for a touchdown against Dallas in a game that most of the country saw. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit, Brian. But um, and So I'm going to say not quite up with Fred and Morton, but that may be because we're old and have an affinity for those plays. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't argue very strongly if somebody thought this one the other night was the best. It's, mm. it, it, you know... It's probably an opinion thing more than a fact thing. We talked earlier this week, Brian. I think about the last four games they played at home. 17 points down on the Raiders and won. Nine points down on the Ravens and won. The Cowboys game, which you just mentioned, in this game the other night. You've seen them all. Uh, out of the top 10 home games in Jaguars history, do those four make the list? 100%. So, all four of what them a remarkable there. run run that I think when you're covering it you're going week to week I had sort of forgotten that those four games were all in a row um I don't think you'll ever have a four game stretch quite like that because I think in the future when you're winning those games you're going to be up right this is a team I mean those games not only define the team they happen for this fan base to see and you can feel it each week the fans getting more and more excited more and more excited this is what we've been talking about for 10 years Brian I <laughs> I'm thrilled for people who weren't here in 96 yeah. because we've talked so much about 1996 that you're getting to experience this kind of moment, you know, from from nowhere to where they are now. What they do from here on out 
it's this run. Well, this is a run of better games for the fans. I totally get it. Because the fans, A, every game has been knocked down, drag out. Plus, Brian, they get a playoff game at the end of it. On the backside of it. Which they did in 96. No, in 96 they went And I love 96, too. I mean, you and me will always, you know. Have that moment. That will be a thing. But for fans, this run, when you get the cherry of a playoff game on top of these four, um, unbelievable. I mean, it's... You couldn't have written this. Great questions. I couldn't have, because not very good. Somebody could have written this. <laughs> Great questions to ponder, and we'll look forward to adding that segment in weekly throughout the offseason to make sure that all Jaguars fans on this side or the other side are part of the whole effort, and you can reach out at Jags UK and make sure that the folks over there have questions to get back to us on a weekly basis. That'll do it for this segment. When we come back, he will, he won't, he might. Next on Jags Drive Time. Well, Sadek is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Sadek is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, call 904-638-7536 or visit Sadek.com. The, the thought, stress-free, uh, as you get to this point of the season, just it, it made me pause. It seemed nice. Yeah, there is. There, there's a lot. There is no more stress-free for games. No, so it's not. Uh, All right, so let's get to it. He will. He won't. He might. And we'll start with you, John. Well, I went with Travis Etienne. It seems like I've gone with Travis a lot for this segment because I I think he's so key for what this team wants to do. Um, He will get more yards than he did last week, having, I don't say easy, but an easier time of it than he did against Tennessee because – it's not really a knock on the Chargers. They're not a very good run defense, but nobody compares to Tennessee in this league right now. Um, he won't fumble, and that's always what I got to sort of. Uh, Amen. You can stop right there. With. Everyone's glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, and uh, that's a hope more than a fact because that's the one X factor going into this game that you don't want to see the ball on the ground. That would that would give it a really oh no feeling if if you see him fumble, but he he might be the key. Uh, uh, the game offensively. I think people who've watched this show this week aren't surprised when we say that. Um, I think he's going to have a couple of big runs. I I think he's going to get 110, 120. Um, and I think you almost have to have that to have a chance and then go hit some big plays off of that in the red zone. Uh, but I think he's got to be the meat and potatoes a little bit this week. Agreed. Uh, the Titans, as Doug Peterson has said over and over, they just have a unique personnel profile. They play the run better than almost anyone in this game. And so he was never going to get started last week. They were going to make sure of that. This week, Chargers do not play the run very well. And right. hey, Remember, James Robinson had Robinson had the 52-yard run. Right. He, he doesn't have near the explosiveness that Travis has. Right. It, so you'd like to think you could get him free. And that's not really saying that the Chargers are a bad defense. It's more the way, this, the, it's more the, way the league is set up. You almost have to give something up. Uh, I'm not going to say they don't try to stop the run. Everybody right. tries to stop the run. But they don't emphasize it the way the Titans do. It's not like when they're sitting in a in their team meeting on Wednesday, the first thing they throw up on the board is not, we've got to stop the run. It, it's not what they're about. With the Jaguars, that is the first thing they say. So it, 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 it's a little different philosophically. 
So that's why I think you have to do that well against them because they're giving it to you a little bit yeah. to take other things away. All right. I will go with Foyer Aluakun, the league's leading tackler for he will, he won't, he might. And he will have a huge, huge task this week. He is going to have to find number 30, who is a very patient runner, which means the aggressive middle linebacker is going to have to be patient as well. He will get the call to be that guy. Um, he won't have much breath left when it's all over. He is going to be running sideline to sideline, chasing Eckler, whether it's a screen, whether it's a run, whatever it is, he is going to be moving because they move Eckler all across the formation to try to get the matchups they want. Um, and I think he might be the key, John, to steal your thunder from Travis Etienne. If he has a big game, if he's got 18 tackles, which we saw from him earlier in this winning streak, um, you've won the game because it means that he has gotten his hands on Eckler a lot. Yeah, and I don't know that you want to see a game where Rayshon has 18 tackles no. because it, it, it means getting to the second level. So, yeah, I agree with you. He He's key defensively. The whole – I mean – Everybody on the front seven's key. When you're trying to stop a guy like Eckler, yep. the awareness and the pursuit to the sides are so big that everybody's got to be key. But if you're picking one, Foyer's it. I asked Mike Caldwell in his news conference yesterday about the patient running style. And he paused, <laughs> being patient himself. Right. He said he will wait mm -hmm. and wait and wait because he trusts himself and his explosiveness right. to be able to find his way back to the hole and when he does, generally everyone else has lost patience yeah, and over-pursued. Yeah, he's got a rarity about him from western Colorado of all places. All right, we'll take a break. Come back and give you Sunday morning's headlines today. A quick look into the future of what we think you might be reading on Sunday morning. Back after this on Jags Drive Time, presented by the Fields Auto Group. All right, back to wrap it up on Thursday. Jaguars on the practice field today. It's a Friday in their week because Saturday is Sunday, which means Sunday is Monday, which means Monday's headlines today is actually Sunday's headlines today. And if you follow all that, you're probably smart enough to be able to choose your own headline. But we're going to grab John for his instead. Well, with apologies to music aficionado Joe, Joe Fortunato, I'm saying, going to Kansas City. And Kansas City, here I come. More, Kansas right. City, here I come. Right. So, here we go. They got some crazy little yeah. women there, and I'm going to get me one. Well, Sorry, I'm from Kansas City, so I'm from Kansas City, so you know the song better than I do. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be easy. I, I, I'm 51 49, if you know what I'm saying. I think well, the numbers bear that out. Way. Um, but I think the seeding plays out the next day where I don't think the Bills or the Bengals will lose. Right. So as a result, and they're going to Kansas City second wing of the playoffs. All right. And I'll go with, follow me on this one, Thunderous. Yeah. Right? You get the lightning bolts in here. Jaguars counter with a big win. Big. One point, two points. It doesn't matter. But a win that has this stadium as thunderous as it was last Saturday night. Um, you know, I mean, it's – Johnny, when you look at the, these two teams, they are so statistically even. We went through that yesterday. Here's something that you should consider. The Chargers played in Denver, right? They went from sea level to 5,700 feet, which is where the stadium sits mm -hmm. in Denver, in Colorado. Back to sea level, that's not an easy trip for anybody. No. 
we know we've we've done the exact same trip from this side. Now they got to come all the way across the country, yeah. and we know how difficult a trip that is. And they're doing it all in less than a week. Yeah, the short week. Uh, again, in the playoffs, you never know; it could come out the other way. Of course, it could. But the when you're playing a team on a short week, uh, and, and and you're traveling that kind of distance. You're not doing the team doing the uh, traveling any favors. No, it, so it's a tough task for them. Yeah, I think you, you say 51-49. I think that leans in the Jaguars' direction, playing at home on Saturday night, and uh, that'll do it for our broadcast week here. Don't forget the Ozone Podcast with Rayshon Jenkins is out. Happy Hour comes up later today, uh, and kickoff on Saturday night, eight fifteen Eastern time. And it goes without saying, Brian. Everybody enjoy it. I mean, yeah. the fans have waited a long time for this. Uh, savor the moment. It's fun. We'll leave on those wise words from John Osier. Savor the moment and enjoy the anticipation. It, it, it seems like forever until Saturday night. Make sure that you enjoy that part of it as well because that's fun. All right. We're done. See you later.